I'm fighting for Christ to be formed in here. Paul said in Romans 8, and I believe it's 29, 30, somewhere in there, he said we are predestined and foreordained to be conformed to his image. I don't want my image out there. I want the image of Christ. I want my life hid. And the Bible said that Jesus' life is hid with God in Christ. So I want my life hid in Christ that all you see is Christ. And we're not, we're not fighting for this. We gotta fight for this. Amen. Now I want us to go to prayer. I tell you, there's something moving in the Spirit. I'm excited. And, uh, I don't know if our, uh, brothers in Africa have got to join in with us or not, but, uh, brother texted me the other day when he, uh, I posted I was gonna be here. He said, Brother Metters, he said, we'll be at the church watching. I'm going to have as many pastors and churches as I can get together to be there to watch his service. So, Brother Evans, if y'all there, God bless you. We're looking for you. Uh, pray this word's going to be a blessing to you. But I want us to go to prayer, and I want us to ask God to let us step into what he's doing. If you didn't wake up this morning with victory, if you didn't wake up this morning with faith and deliverance, and the power of the Spirit working in you, then we need a refreshing of the Spirit of God. I don't ever wake up defeated. You can't wake up defeated. You can't wake up discouraged. You can't wake up beat down because the Bible teaches us in Isaiah 26 and 3, He said, the man whose mind is stayed upon the Lord, I'll keep him in perfect peace. I'll keep him in perfect peace. Amen? So, uh, if we get our minds stayed upon the Lord and begin to believe that I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me, you can quote it, but do you believe it? Quoting it don't get the job done. Believing it gets the job done. Step right up here, Sister Pat. Lord been dealing with me ever since you walked in the service. Go ahead and raise you. No. Here's what the Lord put in my spirit. He said there's a spirit of grief that has overshadowed you, and it's all right to be sad. But you got a work to do for God, and I'm going to pray for you. The Lord's going to start healing your heart, and He's going to bring you forward in what He's got for you. Because you ain't by no means done in what God's called and anointed you and ordained you to do. Minding your path didn't cross for you to sit down and let this kingdom slide by you. You... You're going to be active. I speak by the name of Jesus. And I command this spirit of grief, this heaviness of heart, I command it healed. And I command the peace of God that passes all understanding. I command the very peace of God that passes all understanding to overshadow you and strengthen you, to raise you up, to strengthen you physically mentally and spiritually and to open a door financially that you didn't know was there. I change your finances in Jesus' name. I change your finances. I change the working of the Spirit of God in your life by the authority and dominion of the kingdom that has been placed in me. I see you doing like a 180. Your whole life is now from this day forward. <laughs> I've loosed you, my daughter, to obey my voice, to seek my face, to come forth in me, because I've reserved you for this day, saith the Lord. I've reserved you to reveal my word and my spirit in this day. Thou shalt believe, open thy heart, press forward, yea, that that I placed in thy mother, yea, Shall not be a drop in the bucket to what I'm going to reveal in thee in the days ahead. For I, the Lord, have predestined, foreordained, called you, and I've chosen you, and I now choose this day to bring you forth. Hear my voice, believe my word. Rise up! Move forward in me, saith God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. But I want us to pray, and I want us to ask God to move.
in us that will walk in victory. He's right on track, Brother Donald. People ain't walking in victory. They ain't waking up in victory. They ain't stepping forward in victory. Right now, there's fear everywhere all across the face of the earth. But I'm going to tell you something. Go back to last August in Fort Payne, that very last service, and I was already talking about the hatred, the fear, the division. God was already speaking about it. In that prophecy where he spoke to me about the light, God was already speaking about all this stuff in the earth. So it was already there. Y'all hear me? It was already there. And God's ready to bring us forth. But you can't let fear and discouragement dominate your life. You can't let unbelief take hold of you. If you stand up and say, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me, you got to believe Him. you got to believe that He's in here and that you can do all things through Him and by Him and that nothing can hold you down. So I want us to go to prayer and I want you to ask God, shake me up, wake me up, move in me. Let it be just like what Sister Kathy said. When your feet hit the floor, the devil says, oh, my God, they're up. Oh, my God, they're up. They're moving. Christ is being stirred up in them. Yeah. Whoa. Hallelujah. you got to believe it. you got to believe it. you got to believe it. Strengthen my brother, Lord. God, strengthen him, overshadow him, help him. Lord, I know it's sad to lose a a brother or a sister. But God, you strengthen him, Lord. He knows his brother walked up right before you. He knows, Lord, that he served you to the best of his ability. Lord, we all miss our loved ones. But God, you give him that strength to move forward. God, you've kept him alive for a purpose. God, there's people out there his age that somebody needs to reach. Bring him forward, Lord, and strengthen him physically. Mentally, spiritually. Oh, hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Man, I felt something going, you pop. Got that moving of the Holy Ghost going in you. But let's right now, let's just ask God. You know, if we'll let the Spirit of God take over, there's no limits. What is that scripture that Paul said that he can do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we can thank? Or that we can ask or even think. We can do exceedingly, abundantly above. Exceeding. Abundantly. My wife keeps telling me, you put too many letters on that exceeding. It's not exceedingly, it's, a, it's exceeding. So he can do exceeding, abundantly, above anything you can ask or think. That's pretty big God. He can do more than you can ask. That's one thing. But that, that word says he can do more than you can think about. Boy, I do a lot of thinking. So I'm serving a big God. Amen. I'm serving a great big God. So let's talk to him. Let's believe him. Because I'm there, there's something moving in the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you. From where we were this time last year, there's something moving. There's something moving. Amen. Let's go to prayer. Father, by your name, Jesus. You let this spirit of victory, authority, and dominion of your word take hold of the people. God, you let it get a hold of them. You let it get a hold of them, Lord. God, you let them leave this service with a stir, with a power, with a dominion, with an awakening of the Holy Ghost moving forward in them. Bring them forward, Master. By your name, Jesus, bring them forward. Let your name be glorified and let your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all go ahead and be seated, and I'm going to drop back over here to Joshua. Uh, the eighth chapter. And I hadn't thought about this in several weeks, but I'm going to drop back over here to Joshua. The eighth chapter, and this is the 18th verse. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Stretch out the spear that is in thy hand toward Ai, for I will give it into thine hand. Joshua stretched out the spear that he had in his hand toward the city. Verse 26, For Joshua drew not, for Joshua drew not his hand back, wherewith he stretched out the spear 
until he had utterly destroyed all the inhabitants of Ai. This was on December the 18th, 2018, that I was reading my Bible about 5.30 in the morning. And when I got to that scripture, God just took me out of the Spirit. I saw Joshua standing there, and he had that spear in his hand. And when he took that spear, the Lord told him to stretch it out over the city. He stretched it out over the city, and he stayed in that position till the battle was finished. He didn't let that spear down. And as I was watching that, and I went on and read how that Joshua continually held that spear out, I was watching it, and the scene of the vision changed, Sister Pat, and I was standing there in Joshua's place, had that spear in my hand, and God told me, he said, you get a spear, he said, for I have chosen this gospel of the kingdom to spearhead a divine deliverance move of God at this time. And he told me to raise his spear to bear the sign that the kingdom of heaven's moving forward as a spearhead deliverance move of the Holy Ghost. And he said, you bear this sign. And he told me yesterday, he said, you've stopped bearing the sign. You go back to bearing it. You go back to bearing the sign. My kingdom's going forward. My kingdom's going forward. My kingdom's going forward. There's Nothing going to stand uh, before this word of authority and dominion and power uh, that lived in Jesus that now is going to live in us. Now I got this fear. People looked at me. They thought, Brother you know what you're doing? Yeah, I know what I'm doing. You may not know what I'm doing, but I know what I'm doing. Doesn't matter what you do for God, somebody's going to criticize you. Doesn't matter. Somebody's going to criticize you, somebody's going to condemn you. Somebody going to tell you you don't know what you're doing? And I had somebody one time, just a few years old in the Lord. They said, Brother Metters, you sure you know what you're doing? I said, look, I've been serving God over 40 years. I learned the voice of God years ago. I know when God speaks to me. I said, evidently, you don't know when God speaks. So maybe you better go learn the voice of God and quit worrying about what I'm doing and figure out what you're doing. Because I know what I'm doing. Says Kathy, you ever seen my word fall to the ground? You ever seen God confirm my word? Time and time again. See, that's what I'm telling people now. On March the 22nd, the word of the Lord come to me about this pandemic. Everybody was hollering, this is the devil. This is the devil. We need to bind together and pray. We need to gather together, pray and bind this demon in the name of Jesus and command God to move this pandemic. Lord said, let them get together and pray. He said, I sent it and I ain't moving it till I... <laughs> See, that shows you what kind of confusion people are in. Shows you exactly what kind of confusion people was in. And I told them, I said, y'all go ahead and do what you want to. I said, this thing ain't going nowhere. I said, because God said he sent it. Where have you ever heard of the world shutting down? You never seen the world shut down. Where have you ever heard of God's people being brought to a standstill and even getting paid for it? <laughs> and God said, gather together. He said, seek me intently for 30 days. And he said, cry out for the faith that was once delivered to the saints to be restored and bring people together in unity. And you know what people done? Just gripe about what they couldn't do. They didn't come together. They didn't come together. Still ain't come together. So when the Lord started lifting this thing, I told people, I said, God told me something else fixing to happen. This thing ain't over. Y'all look what's happened. God's allowed most to happen, but the enemy's trying to take advantage of this. He's really trying to take advantage of this. But what's God want us to do? On our knees. On our knees. Not Second Chronicles 7.14. My God, when the coronavirus hit in March, everybody was hollering, Second uh, Chronicles 7.14, and my people which are called by my name. That ain't what God said. Now everybody's hollering Second Chronicles seven fourteen again. I said, How long does it get y'all to get prayed through? How long does it get y'all to repent? We don't need to be praying Second Chronicles seven fourteen. The church needs to get together on its knees, cry out to God like it did when Herod put Peter in prison for deliverance. This is a time of deliverance. This is a time to turn things around. This is a time for God's people to rise up, possess their calling and the anointing, and move forward in what God's ordained them to do. So, Brother Matter, what would you come today for? I come what 
Peter said in 2 Peter 3 and 1, I come to stuff your pure minds by the way of remembrance to what God's already told you. God told us this pandemic was going to stay till he got through. And then just like that, it flipped. We didn't hear nothing about it. All, all it was was riots and hate and burning and looting and chaos and confusion come in. And God said, now if this come in, he said, go to prayer, sick my face. He said, bombard the heavens for me to put this hatred down. Bombard the heavens for me to put this spirit down. I don't care how many laws they pass. I don't care how many handshakes they have. I don't care how many agreements they come to. Only thing going to change man's the spirit of God. Only thing going to change man's heart. Only thing going to bring peace in the earth. And the devil's taking advantage of this to try to stop the move of God. That's exactly what he's doing. He's trying to stop the move of God. But Peter said, I stir up your pure minds by the way of remembrance. I stir them up. I stir up your pure mind by the way of remembrance. And God's trying to tell you all the things that he's already done, he's already put in place. Because there have been a man prophecy after prophecy for the last year. When God spoke to us in, in uh, Fort Payne in August, in that prophecy where the Lord woke me up 2.30 in the morning and spoke to me. says, Pat, the Lord told me, 2.30 in the morning. I was in a dead sleep and he woke me up. He said, in the beginning, he said, when I spoke the light, he said, that light wasn't natural, it was spiritual. I said, well, knock me over with a feather and blow me down and roll me over. He said, that was spiritual light, it wasn't natural light. He's because the sun, the moon, and the stars wasn't made to the fourth day. Couldn't have been natural light. He said, in the beginning, in the beginning, he said, I created the heavens and the earth. He said, I created them. And then the Lord told me, he said, when I said in the beginning, he said, it wasn't my beginning. He said, it was man's beginning. We thought when God said in the beginning, we thought it was his beginning. But it wasn't. God always has been, always will be. He has no beginning. He has no end. So when he said in the beginning, he was talking about in our beginning. He said, in your beginning, I created the heaven and the earth, and I've done all this for you. Y'all realize God done all this for us? You realize God made earth for us? Everything he put on earth is for us? It's a place for our survival? It's a place for us to inhabit? In the beginning was God's beginning of his relationship with us. It's for us. You think about God doing all that for us, and putting man in the garden and bringing him forth. Hallelujah. So God said one more time, he said, light's fixing to shine. See, that's a promise. That's a promise. God spoke and he said one more time, I'm commanding the light to shine out of darkness. Y'all believe darkness is on the earth? Anybody believe darkness is on the earth? You believe what Isaiah said? Darkness has covered the earth and gross darkness. People people don't know what they're doing. They don't know the word from God. Man, all over uh, Instagram and YouTube and Facebook and all these other social medias, everything out there. Man, you got prophets swinging and on ropes like Batman and Robin. Prophesying this, prophesying that, hollering this is God, hollering that's God. Nobody ever heard of them. And people are sending me videos and services and tapes and, and, and want me to look at them and say, what matters is this God? I said, what's wrong with your discernment? You ain't got the Spirit of God? You don't know how to discern? I said, first thing you got to ask yourself, who is this person? People sending me videotapes and stuff and, and DVDs and saying, well, I listened to this. I ain't sure if it's God or not. I said, have you ever heard of them? No. You know anything about them? No. Know anything about their ministry? No. Are they proven? Has God moved them before? Has God talked to them? I don't know. Well, what's he listening to it for? What's you listening to somebody you don't know whether God's with them or not? It don't take me 30 minutes to listen to somebody, Sister Pat. I can know in just two or three minutes whether God's with them or not. When you listen to somebody, can you discern whether God's with them or not? Can you discern whether it's the voice of the Lord? Well, evidently, a lot of people can't 
Because there's a lot of people out there that are circulating this stuff all over everywhere saying, well, I don't know if this is God or not. Well, what are you sending it forward for? What are you sending it to somebody else? If you don't know it's God, why you won't put somebody else in confusion? Be still. Wait. Seek. Huh? Right? Psalms 46 and 10. Be still and know that I am God. Don't panic. Don't jump and grab it. Everything out there. And that's what people are doing. They're jumping and grabbing anything that moves, hoping it's God. And God will give them an answer because people are fear-stricken. They're panicked. Well, America's falling apart. No, it ain't. It's going through some growing pains. It ain't falling apart. Well, Brother Metter, if you look around, it's not what you see with this. It's not what you see with these. God told us two or three different times in prophecies over the last year, don't look at what you see. Don't listen to the things you hear. Just know and believe I've spoken. Just know and believe that I said I'm going to move and I'm going to move. He's now putting it in place to move in a power of the Holy Ghost that the world's never seen. What God done on the day of Pentecost ain't a drop in the bucket what God's bringing forth now. Everybody wants to go back to Azusa Street. Azusa Street was good, but Azusa Street ain't a little fingernail on what God's doing now. Are you hearing me? The healing revivals were great. I grew up in them. Great miracles, crowds, 15,000, 20,000 a night. But that ain't a drop in the bucket to what God's pre- preparing to do now. Are you hearing me? And we got to get our hearts and minds in the place that we're the vessels that God wants to use to do this. Remember, I was riding down the road. This probably been 10 years ago. I left a minister's meeting. I was riding down the road, and I heard the voice of the Lord speak to me audible. He said, who's going to be the next Peter and Paul? So what are you looking at me for? You're talking to me for who's going to be the next Peter and Paul? Somebody's got to be that next vessel. Somebody's got to be that next vessel. Somebody's got to be that vessel. Go step up there and say, Lord, here am I. Send me. Somebody got to have the boldness and the confidence and the faith in God to step out there and say, God, here I am. Use me. Bring me forward. Give me those eyes to see and those ears to hear and that heart to understand. Bring me forward, Lord. But see, when the Lord spoke to me, on December the 18th, 2018, in just a little bit, that'll be two years, and God, I saw God put that spear in my hand. He said, you bear the sign of this word that this kingdom's going forward, and I'm going to bring a deliverance revival. It's time for deliverance. It's time for miracles. It's time for miracles like the early church. It's time for miracles to surpass the healing revivals. It's time for the blind to see, the deaf to hear, the lame to leap as the heart. What did God say in Isaiah? I believe it was 35, and he said, In that day the deaf shall hear the words of the book, the blind shall see out of obscurity, and out of darkness the lame shall leap as a heart. It's time for God's hand to step in. But God's got to have somebody to dare to believe him. God's got to have a vessel that's going to dare to believe God, going to take God in his word. And if God tells you, stand up and put a spear in your hand, stretch it out, don't worry about what people say. God told you to get a spear and put it in your hand and stretch it out? Could you? Could you do it? You dare to believe me? See, that's what I had to do. I had to step out on nothing but God's Word, hold that spear out, and say, for I believe God. For I believe God. This is a sign that in a spearhead of a divine deliverance survival. God told us in 2013 in Fort Payne, when the brother was there that spoke the word and prophesied, he said, God has chosen this people in this church to spearhead a divine move of God in the last days. That was five years before God ever told me to put this spear in my hand. Five years before God told us, he said, I've chosen this word and this people to spearhead a divine move of God. Somebody's got to be the leader. Somebody's got to spearhead. Somebody's got to step forth with the word. And somebody got to dare to believe God. You know, and everybody's looking at us. They say, Brother Metter, you still going to Africa? Well, yeah, I think so. Lord ain't told me not to. And when I was exhorting in September of last year, when God spoke here at this church, that when the next president is inaugurated, 
He's going to take us into seven years of prosperity and spiritual awakening like the world ain't never seen. Everybody said, oh, Brother Matter. Well, give him about seven months. You'll find out whether I was right or not. And I done told the Lord. I said, if I missed it, I'm going to sit down and shut my mouth. I ain't preaching another word. They ain't no need in it. They ain't no need in it. Because my credibility is shot. I ain't going to be one of these preachers who say, well, the people didn't obey God, and this didn't happen, that didn't happen. No, when God speaks to me, and I put the word out there, God's going to honor it, or I ain't speaking no more. That's the way I asked Paul if I can cut out of it. But see, in 48 years, God ain't never let me down. 48 years, God ain't never let this word fall to the ground. 48 years, God ain't never disappointed me, and he ain't going to start now. So I'm believing that whenever the inauguration is, God didn't give a date on it. Well, Brother Metter, inauguration today is January 20th. That is the normal inauguration day. But I'm going to tell you, in the trouble this world's in and the trouble the earth is in and everything going in our nation, we may not have an election the next spring. You don't ever know what's going to happen. But God said, you rest assured of one thing. When y'all swear that next president in on that very day, on that very day, he said, I am ordaining seven years of natural prosperity and spiritual prosperity like the world ain't never seen. Do you remember that service here? Do you remember what God told you personally? God told you that if you would honor Him with everything, not just the tithe off your paycheck, but everything that come in your hand, you would honor God. He said you would have more money than you would know what to do with. And I had seen... Uh, a vision several years before while I was still in Fort Payne. I was taking the offering, and y'all was probably there. There was a big woven basket appeared above my head. And the hand of God turned it over, and and gold and silver coins started falling out of it. And God spoke then and said, I'm fixing to bless my people beyond anything to ever imagine. But Brother Donald, I saw people, when God gave me this vision, I saw people holding their hands out, and it was like money was coming out of their hands. It was like their hand, like a slot machine, Sister Deborah. It was like money was coming out of their hands. And God said, I'm going to make my people wealthy. Them that serve me, them that walk up right before me, I'm going to make them wealthy beyond anything they ever imagined. And he said, and I'm going to give them the means to prepare for the hardships that's coming on the face of the earth. Because I'm telling you, the church getting ready to go through persecution. Church getting ready to go through great turmoil. But don't think if we go through persecution, it's going to stop prosperity in this nation. It ain't going to stop it. God's put it in place. Did you know the church had its greatest revivals and its greatest deliverance in the middle of persecution? It may take persecution to give the greatest spiritual awakening the world's ever seen, because that's what happened in the book of Acts. The Bible said they were scattered abroad by persecution, and they went everywhere preaching the word. Great revivals broke out. Great miracles started happening. Just a few verses down from that, said Philip went down to Samaria and preached Christ unto them, and the whole city turned out to hear him. The whole city. Where have we ever been that the whole city's turned out to hear us? We ain't had that kind of move of God. But I'm going to tell you when the Lord spoke to me in August and said, let there be light. Thanksgiving morning, about 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, I was praying and I saw Africa. Just dark. Just dark. And then all of a sudden, light began to shine. And the Lord spoke to me and said, Africa, for many hundreds of years, has been known as the dark continent. But it should now be known as the continent of light. And I preached that morning at 9 o'clock our time, live streaming into Africa. And when I told them people that, you could hear them shout. You could hear them praise God. Because my wife saw a vision, and that's what's on those T-shirts that we designed, that light started shining down in Africa. People stand there with their hands up. People stand there with their hands up because great light had come to Africa and God was moving. We step off that plane in Africa, I expect miracles to start happening. I expect God to start saving souls. There ain't nothing I can do. But I'm going by what God said. He said, light's fixing to shine. Light's fixing to shine. Light's fixing to shine. Well, Brother Metter, look around. Look what's going on. Ask me if I care. I don't care. It don't hinder God. See, we let things hinder our walk with God. We let things keep us from moving forward into what God has ordained for us. But when God told us 
to go to Africa. And he said, great light's fixing to shine. He said, great light has sprung up. I believe God. I dared to believe God. I dared to believe God. Sister Patty had a vision of a crippled man uh, sitting there in one of the congregations. And she looked at him, spoke the word of God to him. He got up on his feet. My wife had uh, a vision of miracles happening. When we go, she said, I don't know what's fixing to happen in America. She said, but I saw light begin to shine in Africa. She saw, I seen a move of God. I seen great revival. I seen great deliverance. It's got to start somewhere. It's got to start somewhere. Amen. Are y'all ready for a move of God? Then make yourself presentable. Make yourself ready. Make yourself say, Lord, here am I. Here am I. Here am I. Send me. You got plenty of time to seek the Lord, Sister Deborah. Don't let that time slide by you. Take advantage of what God's done. Get in that Bible. See, we got this idea that we got to pray hours and hours and hours. No, just go before the Lord in prayer. The Lord will lead you in prayer. Let me tell you something. You can get in the most intense spirit of prayer you've ever been in your life, and when that prayer's over, it'll stop just like that. That spirit of prayer just leave you just like that. You know it's done. I got so tickled at my wife, is it off I tell it? About what the Lord told you when you was in that great spirit of prayer and you just man, she was just uh was in the living room praying, she got up kind of moved to one side because sometimes I get a little bit loud. Well sometimes I get a whole lot loud. And she said, I'm sorry, but I can't concentrate. I said, Well, maybe one can move. So she moved somewhere else, and man, she was caught up the spirit of prayer, and that thing was just a turning and a burning and rolling out of her, and then all of a sudden. And I was beginning to wind down my spirit of prayer, and I heard her just like somebody cut a faucet off. And so when everything started settling down, I said, what happened? She said, the Lord said, that's enough for now. And she said, it just left me. <laughs> I said, well, okay then. You know when the Spirit of God lifts off of you? You know when you're in prayer and that Spirit's rolling and you're feeling Him and you... But see, we, we, we have conditioned ourselves to think we've got to pray a certain way, certain amount of time, have a certain inflection in our voice, or we ain't praying. Well, Brother Metter, I prayed so much that I didn't, I don't feel nothing when I pray. Where in the Word of God did it say you've got to feel something when you pray? Anybody with me? You know where anywhere in the Word of God He said you got to feel something when you pray? Well, Brother Matter, you laid hands on me and prayed for me for God to heal me, and I didn't feel a thing. Where does it say you got to feel something? It says you got to believe. He said the prayer of faith shall save the sick. He didn't say the prayer of faith shall save the sick if you feel a buzz go through your body. Or you feel God knocked you off your feet with His power. It didn't say you had to feel one thing. It didn't say I had to feel nothing. I know I walked in a hospital in India one morning, this back in, I think, 94. And man had come beg me to go pray for his daddy. And when we walked in there, you could feel the grit on the concrete underneath his shoes. We walked in there, and I walked in a big room. Probably about the size of this church. There's about 40, 50 cots. People laying on them, covered up in blankets, and that was their ICU. And I walked over to Sister Pat, and there was a man rolled up in fetal position, had an oxygen tube in his nose, and we'll look down at him, his eyes are rolled back in his they rolled back in his head. And that man had come begged me. He said, My daddy's got a brain tumor. He said, His kidney's shutting down. Please come pray for him. So after morning service, I went there and prayed for him, got on my knees, prayed the prayer of faith for him, put a prayer cloth in his pajama pocket. Told the brother, I said, believe God. We got outside. I told the brothers, I said, if I get sick over here, y'all do me a favor. He said, what's that, Brother Matter? I said, don't take me to the hospital. Just shoot me. <laughs> Just put me out of my misery. And when I walked out, I told him, I said, I'm going to tell you one thing. I said, that miracle happens. You know it was God. I said, because I didn't feel nothing. You know, the next morning I was preaching on that platform.
at a high platform, about eight feet tall, because it was preaching to 30, 40, 50,000 a night, about 10,000 in the morning. And I was up there preaching, and, and I seen that man run up, and he got to the end of the prayer ramps. And when I got through preaching, he run up the ramp, nearly tackled me, shouting and praising God. He said, my daddy's coming home. My daddy's coming home. He said, my daddy's coming home. He said, the tumor's gone. His kidneys are working. He said, my daddy's coming home tomorrow, brother. Matter God done it. See, I didn't feel nothing. It wasn't feeling. It was believing. It was daring to believe. Sometimes God will give you a feeling. He don't have to give you a feeling. Don't measure whether you're praying or not on what you feel. Don't measure whether you're praying or not on how long you pray. Don't measure whether you're praying or not. Because somebody's got to told you you got to sound a certain way when you pray. Y'all heard me. There's times I'll get on my knees right there. You won't hear a peep out of me. And then there's times the Spirit of God will hit me and buddy, it'll roll. I don't try to pray a certain way. I just open my mouth and start praying, start talking to God. And I pray believing. I pray believing that what he said in Mark, that if you shall ask anything, amen, you shall believe what you pray. When you pray, believe what you pray. Believe that I'm going to do the things you ask. And he said, I'll do them. But you got to believe him. We're moving into something brand new. We're moving into something different. But God's people are going to have to get in prayer. They're going to have to take God at His Word. They're going to have to dare to believe. Because we are in a time of trouble. Our nation is in a time of chaos. But I'm going to tell you something. God's got it under control. The devil didn't get by him to do this. He didn't get by him. God knows exactly what's going on. And I'm telling you, it's under God's control under God's control. Go back to April 25th last year. Me and Justin and Brother Michael went down to that little church in Thomaston, Georgia. Three days. Prayer and seeking God. We didn't do nothing but pray. Wasn't no preaching. We didn't do nothing but pray. We invited preachers everywhere to come pray with us. Nobody showed up. People don't want to pray. I'm telling you, they don't want to pray. They don't really want to get down and get in prayer. We started on a Wednesday night. And I think it was Thursday night, but I know it was April the 25th, 2019. The Spirit of the Lord fell on me, and God started speaking. And God said, I'm going to turn the government upside down. He said, I'm going to turn this nation upside down. He said, I'm going to turn it upside down from the mayor's house to the White House. How many mayors have been in the news? How many times has the White House been in the news? Would y'all say that our nation's been turned upside down? And that's something else God said. He said, I'm going to shake it. He said, I'm going to shake ministries. I'm going to shake churches. Well, when all this started, churches shut down. Ministers got shut down. All these ministers running all over the country and having revivals, they got shut down. Ministries were put to the test. Churches were put to the test. In 2013 and 14, God spoke about churches that disease hitting them, infecting half and three quarters of the church. And I just got a, uh, somebody sent me a, a video where one of the biggest churches in the South, everything's shut down. They got, their churches are shut down. Their headquarters are shut down because of this COVID said it's infected. I'm talking about into the hundreds. I said they just shut whole churches down. I think God confirmed his work. I think God done what he said he is going to do. But he said of those of us that would stand still and believe, oh, hallelujah. We're at the door of the greatest visitation that's ever been given to the earth. And I'm going to be a part of it. I done fought 48 years since Pat. I ain't quitting now. The only way I'm going to miss this is God's going to retire me. But I don't want him to retire me. I want him to refire me and get me moving. If God will give me the strength I had when I was in my 20s and 30s, and I know what I know now, I'll turn the world upside down for Jesus. You won't be able to slow me down. Why? I simply believe God. I dare to believe. This word that I preach, 
It's different. Nobody wants to associate with it. It's different. But I'm going to tell you something. When it hits, they're going to stand in line to be a part of it. But right now, it's different than organized release. different than what they've been taught. And everybody just kind of backed away from what they said. We're just going to wait and see. I had a dream in 2000 when I first started church in Fort Payne. It was an old... Y'all remember the old covered wagons? Well, this one didn't have the cover on. It was just open. And we were going up a hill, and I was pushing it with everything I had in me. Pushing. I mean, I was straining, and I was probably about from here to the front door to the top of the hill. And I was pushing with everything that's in me, and people standing on each side of the road. And they was talking, one of them said, we're going to see if he makes it. We're going to see if he makes it. We're going to see if he makes it. And they got that wagon to the top of that hill. Got it pushed over the other side, fixing to get on it and ride down. And here come people running, jump on the wagon. And one person started running toward the wagon, and the Lord Jesus himself stepped out for him and said, No. You didn't fight for it. You wouldn't labor for it. You didn't press dinner into it. You're not going to be a partaker of it. You can't sit back and wait to see if this word's going to work. You got to know it's going to work. You got to believe it. And you got to let God stir it up in you. See, I know what I believe. I know what God's revealed to me. I know what He's revealed to me. Were y'all in the mid, uh, in Calhoun up there in that lady's apartment? When that lady came, she had that torn rotator cuff. Were y'all in service that night? I mean, had a torn rotator cuff, Sister Pat. Me preaching in the little old apartment, probably wasn't ten people there, just two years ago. And she come up for prayer, and I laid hands on her. Had the x-rays and everything, showed the rotator cuff torn. And when I prayed for her, she started doing this. Didn't she? Didn't she, Sister Deb? She just turned in that arm. She went, she went, got x-rays, and the rotator cuff was healed. Rotator cuff was completely healed. That about two years ago. When I was on the field with my tents, I had these miracles every night because people were coming. I don't have them as much now because people don't come as much. But let me tell you something. I step off that plane in Africa. You can just rest assured. I had a vision in 1988. See, what I'm preaching don't go back two years, three years, four years. What I'm preaching goes back 30 and 40 years. But 1988, I had a vision. I don't remember whether I was preaching when I had it or not, but I was in this great big field. It's like a, uh, a wheat field, but it wasn't just packed with you. It's like grass, but it was flat as far as the eye could see. And I was standing there, and there was a dirt road there real wide, Flat dirt road, and I got to looking, and here come a jet plane, like a private jet. It was coming in, and I was watching all this. And that thing come in, hit that dirt road, and rolled up, come to a stop. They opened that door in three steps, folded down. And there was people, like native people out in this field. I mean, several hundred of them. And there was one man there, must have been the chief, or the king, or whatever they got over there. Dressed in a long flowing robe, had a spear in his hand, had on all kind of jewelry and stuff and paint. And when that plane coasted to a stop, and they let that three steps come down, folded out, and I watched myself step out of that plane, step down in Africa. And that king walked up to me, whatever he was, chief king, he walked up to me, said, Pat, he got down on his knees, and he looked up at me, the tears were streaming down his face. He said, please, help my people. Help my people. So God showed me back in 88 that there come a day I'd go to Africa. I don't ever try to get to hurry about things. I've gotten to hurry and got ahead of God. I don't do it anymore. I just wait for that leadership of the Spirit. It doesn't matter what things look like. Right now, people are saying, well, you can't travel, brother. Matter Africa's closed. Africa's closed right now. But I don't expect to be closed come October. 
They got all the churches in Kenya shut down right now. They, they haven't been able to have service since March or, or April. They've been shut down for three or four months. They still ain't opened them up. Still ain't opened Kenya up. Still ain't opened Africa up. So they're praying for this revival. They're praying for this move of God. They're praying for God to bring this word to them. I got one man over there uh, that contacted me. He said, Brother Metter, when I know the dates, you're coming. He said, I'm going to send out the word. He said, you could have as many as 200 preachers and churches that's going to turn out to be taught this word. 200 preachers. Going to turn out. And then one, one man wrote me and he said, Brother Metter, he said, I want you to pray about building a Bible school in our community. He said, and we're going to teach the Word of God under your ministry and according to how you are putting it out there, we're going to teach it. We're going to get ministers out there and get them ordained. I'm supposed to have an ordination service. I'm supposed to have a baptismal service. They said I could ordain as many as 80 to 100 ministers in three or four different places. Let me tell you something. My heart's on fire. My spirit is so stirred. And then I look at America. I said, God, what's wrong with people? I tell you what's wrong, people. They got too much. We got too much time on our hands. We got too many possessions. We live too comfortably, and we think we don't need God. That's the attitude people's got. They don't need God anymore. You tell you something. You need God. We need God in this nation. We need people to gather together and go to prayer. And all I've done is try to get people to pray. You've been in y'all. Y'all been in the church in, in y'all started in the church in Fort Payne in two thousand seven. You realize that? That's 13 years. Have you ever seen a time in 13 years I wasn't trying to get people together to pray? Seek the face of God. That's all I've done. Get them to pray, seek the face of God, study this Word, get a hold of this Word. That's why I have that Bible study on Wednesday nights, trying to get ministers and people called of God to get together and believe and do something with what God's given them. You've got to lay hold on them. It doesn't matter what else you do. Ain't nothing else going to matter. You stand before the Lord, it ain't going to matter what you've done in this life. If it's not for the kingdom, if it's not for the souls of men, if it's not doing what God's ordained us to do, it ain't going to matter. It ain't going to matter. You know, I heard a report, this was several years back, it was after Elvis Presley died, said he was worth $43 million when he died. Ain't going to tell him how much property his daughter inherited and everything. And I said, Lord, I said, when that man stands before you, I said, and he stands there, and you know he's worth $43 million in the night. Ain't going to make one bit of difference. Between him and the man don't have nothing. Ain't going to make one bit of difference. I put my whole life into serving God. Put my whole life into seeking God for this kingdom, for the power and deliverance to help people. That's been my whole life. Do I regret it? Not one bit. I might do some things different. But I sure wouldn't change nothing I had to sacrifice or no prayer or no seeking God or none of the fast I went in. Wouldn't change one thing. Because it's put something in here that causes me to dare to believe Him. I just dare to believe Him. God ever drops that faith in my heart, it's just fast. It's there. Doesn't matter what God wants done, it's there. And I'm not afraid to speak it. Now I remember we were praying, I think it's just been a couple months ago. We were praying, and, and I mean, we hadn't got in prayer two or three minutes. The Lord fell on me. Prophecy hit me. That prophecy started rolling out of me at the end of the prophecy. Here's what the Lord said. He said, y'all talked about translation. He said, and you talked about it lightly. He said, don't talk about it lightly, but believe that I can do. I may not need a plane ticket to Africa. I'm serious. They may have the country shut down. Next thing we know, the four of us may be standing over and preaching the gospel. Won't need a visa. <laughs> Said Brother Matter, they'll come get you and divorce you. They might. And it might be like Obadiah when Elijah comes to him and said, go tell Ahab, Elijah's here. He said, no, sir, man of God. He said, I go tell, uh, he said, I go tell Ahab you're here. He said, the Spirit of the Lord will pick you up and set you somewhere else. 
He said, I'll get my head cut off. I'll get in trouble. He said, I ain't telling him nothing. They come get me in one meeting and says, I might be somewhere else. What I'm trying to tell you is we're entering into this time. We're in this movement of the Holy Ghost. And you need to stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. Dare to believe God to do anything. Dare to believe God to do anything. Amen. Hallelujah. I want you to take this. I want you to give it to your daughter. You tell her to put it in her pillowcase. Lord's fixing to visit her in her dream. I'm telling you, he's fixing to change your life. He's fixing to change your life. I saw it right there, just looked like that. Because she made a statement one time to her mama. She said, am I ever going to get to hear Brother Matter preach? Because it seemed like every time she come, I wasn't preaching. The one camp meeting, the homecoming I did preach, she didn't make it. God's fixing to do something in her. You mark my I'm talking about reality. I'm talking about the real reality of God. She ain't had a, she ain't had an experience of God since she's about 13 years old. This is fixing to hit her. It's going to change her. You mark my words. This is going to change her. Why? Because this is God's time. This is God's time. God's reaching out and getting a hold of people, but I'm going to tell you, there's people getting their last chance. There's people getting their last chance to be obedient to the voice of the Lord. God told me in 97, I went down to Sister Vera Daniels' church, and they just built that big tabernacle down there. There's in a, there's in a little church, wasn't half as big. Yeah, I mean, it's about the size of this, half this church. Y'all think we small. You couldn't get 30, 25, 30 chairs in there plus the platform. The little bitty white block building about a mile from the tabernacle down there. Yeah, sitting right there on the side of the road. And that's where she started church at. That's where the Lord spoke to her. That's where she started. And I went down there to uh, help them dedicate that tabernacle. She called me and said, Brother Meadow, we got church built. I prophesied to her that she's going to build a church. And another preacher prophesied to her she's going to build a church. Told her how big to build it. She come to me and said, Brother Meadow, are you sure God spoke to you and me to build a church that big? I said, positively, exactly. If y'all ever been in it, it's a big church. I think it's either 60 or 80 wide by 120 long. You get a lot of people in church like that. I think the seating capacity just normals between three and 400. Lord told her she'd have one. She'd seat 500 in it. Yeah. But now they've built that youth pavilion on the back. And it's 60 by 120. You can get seven, eight hundred thousand people under there. But when she called me, she said, Brother Matter, we got the church built. I said, really? She said, yeah, we're going to dedicate it. I said, won't you come down? I said, as you and one other brother prophesied, the Lord's going to have us build this church. So I went down. I was in the motel room praying. I heard the voice of the Lord speak to me. And the Lord said, I don't need you to do what I'm going to do in the earth in the last days. I said, well, wait a minute, God, what did I do? <laughs> you know, I mean, the Lord just spoke to me. He said, I don't need you. He said, I've called you. I've chosen you. He said, I've got a place for you. He said, but for me to perform my will, he said, I don't have to have you. He said, I'll raise up a hundred and put in your place. So there's people that are not going to get in on what God's doing. They're not going to follow the call, be obedient to his voice. He's going to replace them. Because God's ready to move. I'm telling you, God's ready to move. When I come to the Lord in July 1972, I started chasing the call of God on my life. Fasting, praying, studying. Man, I was in church. If there was a service somewhere 100 miles away, I was there. May have to drive home and get home one thirty, two o'clock morning, get up four thirty, five o'clock, go to work. But I was there. I was hungry. I had a desire. I wanted to know what God had called me for. And the devil told me for five years I wasn't even called. Almost give up, Sister Deborah. Almost give up on my call with Sister Pat because every time I'd pray and reach for the Lord, the Spirit of God moved on the devil said, That ain't God, you ain't called. Went to ministers' meetings with 70 and 80 and 100 preachers there. Every one of them get a word with me. They'll say, see, I told you. Laugh at me. Make me feel bad. Embarrass me. Then 1977, the word of the Lord fell on me. 
to go forth in evangelism. And I knew God had talked to me. See, the other times God was just getting me ready. But man, when God put that fire in my soul, I took off like a rocket and I ain't never come down since. I have. I'm always doing something, trying to do something for God, do something better. You've seen our studio at the house where we do our YouTube. Well, we're now investing in something we think is going to make the studio better, going to make the sound better, going to make the look better. I'm always reaching to do something better for God than what I've done. Every year on my birthday, I tell the Lord, Lord, let me do more. Let me do it better. Let me win more souls. Let me touch more lives. You going to let me live this year? Make it worth something. Because that's all I care about. I care about souls. I don't care about nothing else. I don't care about having houses, lands, money. I don't care. God's been good to me. God's blessed me. But it ain't because I've labored for it. All I've done is sought the kingdom. That's all I've done is sought the kingdom. I used to go out on the field and be gone two or three weeks at a time, time after time after time. Preach 300 plus times a year. I've had preachers come to me and tell Brother Metter, I don't know how you leave your family like that. I couldn't do that. I said, well, you think it's easy for me? There a lot of times I'd pull out of the driveway in the van, though I was going to be gone 17, 18 days before I got the end of the driveway. So I was bawling like a baby. I said, God, I don't want to leave my family. I don't want to leave my kids. I don't want to leave my wife. But there's that call. I felt that responsibility. People don't feel nothing today. They ain't after nothing. They ain't seeking nothing. I want this kingdom. I want the Christ revealed in me that all power in heaven and earth that was in him when he was resurrected. I want, I want to be an heir with God and a joint heir with Christ. Amen. I want this kingdom. Y'all appreciate this word today. Stir up your pure minds by the way of remembrance. That'll be the title for this one. Stir up your pure minds. Let God stir you up, take you back. Take you back where he first visited you. Take you back where he first saved you. Take you back where he first baptized you in the Holy Ghost. And then say, now God bring me forward from here. Teach me the present truth. How long you been served? How long you been saved, Sister Pat? Okay. Oh, 40, 40 plus years. So what God revealed to you and what God was ministering 40 years ago is not the maturity and the strength and the truth that He's ministering now. It's come forward more. There's been more maturity. There's been more wisdom and knowledge. And Peter said that we might be established in the present truth. So there's a truth that was preached to you when you first come to the Lord, but now there's a more mature, more edifying, because the Word of God evolves. Y'all understand what I'm saying? The Lord brings it forward. He matures it. He opens you wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. So what you knew to be truth back when you come to the Lord and what God's ministering now may be so much different, you need God to refresh and bring you forward in the present truth. That makes sense? There's a Peter, Peter said be established in the present truth. There's a present truth. There's a revealing. There's a moving forward. It's like God spoke to me the first of the year. Well, it was December 23rd. And I saw that. The Lord spoke to me and said reveal and manifest. And the Lord said, my people right now are in a time of revealing. He said, but they're fixing to go into a time of manifestation. Because I thought reveal and manifest meant the same thing. But the Lord said, no, the reveal is wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. He said, the manifest is action. It's putting that revealing into action. And a lot of what Jesus preached, he preached the word in the manifestation stage. He didn't preach it in the reveal stage. He preached it in the manifestation stage. Where he said, if you shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou set in yonder place. That was the manifestation stage. That wasn't the reveal stage. Because you go out there and look at that mountain and try to move it. It ain't going nowhere because it's got to first be revealed. You don't understand what I'm saying? God is revealing something in us that's now going to be made manifest. But you got to understand that. A lot of people don't understand that. I'm doing my best to put out there everything God gave me to help people move forward. But I see so many people, they just go through a form. Stuck, just go through a form. Year after year after year. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I want y'all to move forward in God. Amen. You appreciate the Lord. You appreciate the Lord. Let's take this word. Let's take this word and do something with it. Let's move forward in it. Because 
God's counting on you to change the world. If you don't preach the truth to the people you know, who's going to preach it? If you don't tell the people you know the truth about God's Word, who's going to do it? God ain't depending on somebody else to come. If you're called and chosen of God, God's saying, you do it. You do it. You get up and be about the Father's business. You do what I've called you to do. Make you call in the election, sure. Amen. I want you to make you call in the election, sure. I want you to be established in the faith. Because we know we're going for 30 days to Africa. We may be over 40. We don't know. If they still got a quarantine over there, we may have to go two weeks early and stay in quarantine before we get turned loose in the country. But all I know is God said go, unless God says don't go. We're going. But I need you to do everything you can. Put your hand to everything you can put your hand to and help us go. Because there's people over. They don't have the privilege we have. They don't have the gospel we have. They got a lot of ministers come over and preach. But they don't preach the kingdom. They ain't no deliverance in their hand. Like my wife says, everybody talks about the love of God. She said the love of God, true love, brings deliverance brings healing. She said, you talk to somebody that needs deliverance, you offer to go buy them an ice cream cone, make them feel better, or you offer them healing and deliverance, guess which one they're going to take? They're going to take that healing and deliverance. People don't need just to feel good. They need the yoke destroyed. And we need the anointing to destroy the yoke. So please, between now and the... We're going to start buying tickets probably somewhere the end of this month, maybe 1st of August. And just tickets... Just tickets for the four of us. It's probably going to be six to seven thousand dollars. Just tickets. That ain't counting visas. That ain't counting passports. That ain't counting all the vaccinations. Every one of us will wind up spending about four to five thousand dollars a piece with vaccinations, passports, visas, tickets. And we're going to stay for thirty to forty days. That's going to be three or four thousand dollars right there for a couple. So, but I'm going because God said go. God ain't broke. God ain't broke. If he said go, he's going to move on somebody to provide it. Amen. But I was telling people, I, I done a video last night and posted it. The word of the Lord just kept stirring myself. I told people at the end of the video last night, I said, there's a thousand of y'all out there listening to me. I said, every, however many there is out there listening to me, just said, Brother Metter, I'm going to send you $10. Ten dollars ain't a lot of money. But you get a thousand, fifteen hundred people send you that every month. Guess what you got? You got something to work with. You got ten thousand dollars a month. You got a thousand people send you ten dollars a month. You got ten thousand dollars a month. You got fifteen hundred people send you ten dollars a month. You got fifteen thousand dollars. If my math is right, you do something with something like that. And it ain't sacrifice on nobody. They ain't sacrifice on nobody. It's just getting people to start getting in action to send that. Five dollars, ten dollars, twenty dollars. Send it. Help us. Get this done. Amen. Will you go to prayer with me? Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you for the moving of your spirit. I thank you for the wooing of the Holy Ghost. Lord, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand what the Spirit is speaking. Open our hearts, open our minds, open our spirits, and let your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Man, I appreciate this word today. I hope you all appreciate it. I hope it got a hold of your spirit. Because i got to be up about the Father's business. Amen. I've been asking the Lord, where do I go and what do I do during the week? Lord, give me a church. Go, I'll go. You know, we went and visited that little old church up there in Blue Ridge, this Deborah, November 2017. That's where God spoke to me about this visitation. I mean, just walked in and sat down in the church. There's me and my wife and Sister Deborah and Justin. We're sitting on, what is the back row? Sitting on the back row, and the pastor uh, said, oh, Brother, I ain't really got anything tonight. You want to preach? I said, No, I just come visit. <laughs> and sitting right there, the Lord took me out in the vision. And I saw Jesus walking, and there's darkness all around him. 
And then great light began to spring forth out of him. And he gave me the scripture in Matthew 4, that they that sat in the valley, they that sat in the land of Zebulun and that lie in the valley of death saw great light, for great light had sprung up. And the Lord told me, he said, I've begun to move of my spirit in the earth. He said, it's already starting. He said, it ain't coming, it's here. And for these three years, two and a half years, God's been getting us ready. God's been getting us ready to move forward. And I know I can feel it. Some fixing to happen. Some fixing to happen in the working of the Spirit. They happen in Africa first. But that ain't my choosing. That's God's choosing. Amen. That's God's choosing. But I tell you what you can do. You can put your hand to everything you can put your hand to. Somebody come to me and say, Brother Matter, I don't have any money. I don't have any income. I said, You drink Coca Cola? Yeah. You drink them in aluminum cans? Yeah. Save the cans. Take them, sell them. Send me the money. Might not be $15 a month. But $15 a month, you multiply it by 100. It's $1,500. See, it ain't the little offerings. It's getting everybody to do something. It's getting everybody to do something. If everybody will do something. If y'all do everything you can between now and the time we leave, it'll make a big difference. Amen. Would you get the offering buckets for me? I'll go ahead and receive the offer. Please do what you can. Please help us. I'm excited to be here. I was looking forward to coming. I'm sorry that uh, Sister Kathy and Pop had to leave, but, you know, we understand that. Pastor goes over here. Been so long you forgot. All right, y'all stand. Come do what's right in the eyes of the Lord. That's all I ask you to do. And I know God will bless you if you will. Hallelujah. I'm excited about the movement of the Spirit of God. I'm excited about what God's doing. There's my water.